The epistle reading this morning is from 2 Timothy uh, chapters 3 and 4. As for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and in Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As I mentioned before, this will serve as the basis for the sermon this morning. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the gospel of the Lord. God's grace and mercy and peace is yours through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Our text for this morning's message is Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. I'll just read these words to you again. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about people. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. This is our text. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, your brothers and sisters in Christ, be quick to listen. That was the theme of last week's sermon. Today, upon a surface reading of this text, one might be tempted to think that the theme of the message is that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Or maybe a theme might be, be pesky, be persistent, annoyingly so, until God gives you what you want. After all, wasn't the widow tenacious until she finally wore down the judge and he granted her plea for justice? I mean, I can just imagine the widow camping outside the judge's office day and night and by his home. She might even carry a picket sign saying, no justice, no peace, blowing horns in the middle of the night to try to get his attention. If there were phones in her, in her day, the widow might have called day and night, leaving voice messages like, Hi, this is Leah, the daughter of Jodah. I would like to arrange a meeting with you for the purpose of discussing my case. Hi, this is Leah, daughter of Jodah. I'm still waiting for you to call me back. It's been 30 minutes since my last voice message. And on and on it would go. And I can see it just as the judge is dining in a nice restaurant with his family, that the widow is there harassing him while he's eating his meal. And as he walks along the sidewalks, she dogs him. Hey, judge, it's me, Leah, daughter of Jodah. When are you going to come and hear my case and grant me justice? And around every corner, there she is. Around that corner, there she is. I can just see the judge for fear of walking around another corner to find her there yet again and finally saying, oh, no, not you again. Now the woman was persistent, wasn't she? And although the judge is not an honorable man, neither fearing God nor caring about people, he finally relents and he caves into the widow's badgering. And so maybe the theme of the sermon should be, keep on pestering God until he answers your prayers. But this would really be a wrong reading of the text. The focus of Jesus' parable is not on the widow. It's not even on the unjust judge. But it's upon the judge who's not even in the parable, but who is the antithesis, the exact opposite of the judge in the parable. What we, hear is a what we have here is a classic argument from the lesser to the greater. Jesus is teaching us if an uncaring, faithless judge will grant the request of an unrelenting widow, how much more will our righteous judge and merciful God answer our pleas and petitions. You see, our judge, our Lord, in contrast to the judge in that parable, is compassionate and he's gracious. He is slow to anger. He abounds in love. He does not accuse, nor does he harbor his anger forever. Our judge does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our sin. Our God, our judge, has a gracious and loving attitude toward us because his justice for our sin was served and completed when our Savior Jesus Christ endured the, the wrath of his Father, the wrath of our God, when he died on the cross of Calvary. The death sentence we merit for our sin has already been served. It's been served by God's own Son. And therefore, we are pardoned we are absolved of our sin. 
We are free of the shackles of sin. In fact, the Bible tells us that our Savior kind of takes the role of the widow in that he persistently pleads our case before God. He constantly pleads that God would hear us in prayer, that God would answer our prayer, that God would continue to forgive us of our sin. That's what John the Apostle writes when he says, if anyone sins, we have one who speaks incessantly, nonstop, to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so you see, we can be confident that our God cares for us. He invites our petitions. He wants to hear from his children. We're not bothering him or annoying him. We're kind of tugging at his shirt saying, Daddy, Daddy, will you please listen to me? Our God is not like the father who is working on, the pro- on a project or watching a TV program or playing a video game all the while that his child is saying, Daddy, Daddy, will you please listen to me? And then finally the daddy becomes so annoyed that he says, What the heck do you want? That is not how our father responds to our pesky petitions. Luther reminds us in his introduction to the Lord's Prayer that when we pray our father... God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and that we are his true children so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father. Just a few moments ago we sang the hymn Be Still My Soul Before the Lord. I chose intentionally to sing that hymn just prior to this message for the very reason that the tone of this hymn that we just sung is diametrically different from the frantic, hectic behavior of the widow and the callous, cold-hearted judge. Listen to verses 3 and 4 of what we just sang. Wait then in quiet confidence, your anxious thoughts at rest. God knows your needs before you ask and works for what is best. Be still, my soul, before the Lord. On God in patience wait. God's love unseen surrounds your life. God's help will not be late. These words are true, but they don't always seem to resonate with reality. For what about those times when God acts like the uncaring judge in our sermon text? How about when God seems to be deaf to our prayers? Or when he answers our petitions in ways that are contrary to what we would expect of him. I mean, we pray for healing, and our healing or our health deteriorates. We pray for someone struggling emotionally, and they struggle or they spiral deeper and deeper into depression, maybe even having suicidal thoughts. We pray for a child being bullied, and the bullying continues. We pray for laws to be changed to protect the unborn, and the laws remain unchanged. We pray for a friend to be responsive to the Lord's invitation to believe in Christ, and that friend only seems to get more and more obstinate towards Christ. I'm sure that you could think of other prayers that you have offered up to the Lord, petitions, very reasonable petitions, but they seem to remain unanswered, or God seems to answer them in ways that are just completely perplexing. 
And at such times, it's almost impossible to wait in confidence or to put our anxious thoughts to rest or to trust that God works for our best or that on God in patience wait or to believe that God's help will not be late. Tell that to the child who's being bullied day by day and has asked God for it to stop. Tell that to the parent who buries their child. Tell that to the person whose heart is filled with sorrow because of the unbelief of a friend or a son or a daughter. Where is the just judge at such times? Where is this compassionate judge of whom we sing and of whom we believe? You see, we may be perplexed, and we will be perplexed. We will be depressed sometimes because of the unanswered prayers or the seemingly unanswered prayers. We might even find that we're angry with God and shaking our fist at Him, as many prayers are in the book of Psalms. But the parable today reminds us that we're to hang in there. To hang in there as we are talking with God day after day after day. At such times, this is when we're to continue to continue to approach our Heavenly Father with boldness and confidence, to remember that He indeed is a gracious and loving God. You see, our Heavenly Father does have an eternal love in His heart for us, so clearly demonstrated on the cross of Christ, on the cross of Calvary with Christ. And therefore, we need not lose heart when He is silent to our pleas or when He acts in ways that are contrary to our requests or even in ways that are contrary, it seems, to His character. St. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then listen to the promise that Paul says will come as we pray and talk with our God. He says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How many times have we prayed to the Lord and we have not understood His ways and yet God has brought to our remembrance a promise of Scripture, one in which He assures us of His presence, one in which He assures us of His strength and power, one in which He assures us that whether in life or in death, we will be with the Lord. That no matter what is going on in our lives, His love for us remains the same. You see, our lives are to be characterized by persistent prayer because we know the God to whom we pray is a God of compassion and love, abounding in love. And that's why St. Paul can say, even though he himself went through all kinds of trials and tribulations, he can say, be joyful always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Spurgeon said of Martin Luther, Luther's faith abounded in prayer. Those who heard him pray tell of his tears and wrestlings. He would go into his closet, remain there for an hour or two, and then come out singing, I have conquered, I have conquered. One day he said, I have so much to do that I cannot get through it with less than three hours of prayer. This is the faith that lays hold of God, Spurgeon writes, and prevails with him in private supplications. A thorough examination was taking place of a Christian woman by her Christian physician. 
because she had been having all kinds of headaches and aches and pains and wondered what it was that was wrong with her. And she had gone to the doctor, and the doctor, after doing this extensive test, said, the only thing I find wrong with you is that you don't have calluses on your knees. Do we have calluses on our knees? We may not be able to be like Luther who can squeeze two or three hours into our, into our life of daily prayer time. But we can talk consistently with God, can we not? We can endlessly talk with God. I mean, no matter where we are, we can talk with our Lord. When we're at school, we can talk with God. When we're at work, we can talk with God. When we're in our cars driving here and there, we can talk with God. When we're at home, we can talk with God. We can talk incessantly with Him, on and on and on, throughout the day. Not badgering, I'm not being pesky in an annoying kind of way, but just simply saying, God, I know you're my Father, and I know that you want me to talk with you. And so I'm going to talk with you about my worries, my fears, my needs, my joys, the things that I rejoice in of who you are. And so, God, I'm going to just keep talking with you and talking with you, knowing that in some way, somehow, at some time, you will answer my prayers. And God does answer prayer, doesn't he? Just this week, I was talking with a man who was recounting for me that he had turned away from his Christian upbringing. He said that he had gone in a very different way in his life. It included drugs and alcohol and other things. He was long gone from God. But there was one consistent in his life, his mother. His mother prayed for him. She kept praying for him. She would get down on her knees, so to speak, and she would persistently go before God's throne of grace and say, God, don't forget my son. Bring him back. And this man went on to tell me that he realizes that it wasn't the prayers of his mother that brought him back in the sense of converting him back, so to speak, to faith in Christ. Because he realizes that only God can do the converting. But by his mother constantly lifting him up before the Lord, the Lord finally answered her prayer. And he reached into that man's life with his grace and forgiveness. He grabbed hold of that man and brought him back into his loving arms. That's just one example of how God answers prayer. I'm sure that if you and I were to make a list of the different things that God has answered over our time, even in the last six months or so, we would be overwhelmed with gratitude, thankful for all of what God has done for us. But having said that, we would also look back and see that there's things that God has not yet answered. And so the parable today reminds us to be persistent in prayer, confident that God will hear us and answer us according to his mercy because, you see, we pray to a God who loves us, who's compassionate and abounds in love for you and for me, for all the people of this world. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.